everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So today's episode, we have an awesome, amazing guest with us. We have none other than Zenaid Beckham, aka Zbex, the Magic the Gathering cosplayer and also someone who also likes to dress up as superheroes as well to go visit uh, sick children and do charity events and um, go to Comic-Cons and, you know, uh, other kind of events like that too. Does some work for extra life charities and a lot of other cool stuff as well. Uh, so I brought her on and we talk mainly about cosplaying and, you know, how to even start up and begin cosplaying and just go into some of the designs of some of her cosplays and how she comes up with some of the materials. And then we get into, you know, dancing and musicals and all sorts of stuff. Um, re- really, really, really good interview, and I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, all, all her links can be found in the show notes below. And yeah, so before we get on with it, uh, Magic Wazubi can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and we're finally on Spotify, finally. And um, <clears throat> it would the show also has a Patreon that you can check out if you want to help the show in any way possible, uh, patreon.com slash magicwazubi. And this show is also sponsored by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is the place to buy your Magic Singles and Sealed product. With any order over $2 or more, you get free shipping at LegitMTG.com. And thank you again for always sponsoring us, LegitMTG. So without further ado, here is Zenaid, and hope you enjoy it. Okay, yeah, we're just going to start it. Uh, hey, everybody, Zuby here, and I am with none other than a very awesome cosplayer, uh, Zenaid, a.k.a. Zbex on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, just glad. Um, it's almost Thursday, because that's going to be the start of my vacation in a couple days. Is sort of I just got to get through these next two days, and then it's vacation with the wife. Vacation right before release day? That's a pretty good plan that you had. Oh, I mean, I mean, I didn't even get it. I didn't even get a chance to go to Throne of Eldraine pre-release um, ah! because I, I'm trying really hard to finish up a bunch of projects at work. So it's I don't care if I had to work an extra, you know, 10, 20 hours just to be able to take this vacation. It's been a long time coming. You deserve it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, the wife and I are going to Vegas to celebrate our 10 years being married and all that. So we're gonna. Oh, do- congratulations! Oh, thank you. We, we're doing a vow renewal. Um, we've already got like a little chapel picked out and all that. So we're gonna get picked up by a limo on the day of, and we're gonna That's go in the way style. To do it. Yeah. She originally, she'll probably, she's, I think, in the kitchen right now. She'll probably give me a little crap for this, but she originally wanted to get married by Elvis, and I had to, I had to tell her no on that. <laughs> 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 she's in the back here. In the- <laughs> Uh, she she gave me a little crap because I'm definitely more of a traditional person. Where I'm like, no, I don't want to do Elvis. I'd rather just have a you know minister or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so you actually had the minister. Yeah, yeah, we we booked <laughs> that. So by the time this episode comes out, this had already been happening. But you know, I'll have plenty of stories to tell of Vegas after the fact. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get on with you. Um, you know, you you're a cosplayer. I think you've been doing it for. What, since 2011, I think? Yes. Or 20, is it 2011? 2011. Okay. So eight going on nine years. Wow. That's yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> I have quite a few cosplays under my belt now. What, what have been some of the, you know, what's been some of your favorite cosplays that you've done for, for Magic? Uh, for Magic, 
from like the earliest days, one of my favorites was Nissa World Waker. I really broke out of my shell and made more commitments to the craft and the cosplay for that one than I had with past cosplays. And it was the most recognizable uh, character that I had done so far. Um, Amara, Soul of the Accord, is very dear to my heart as I'm Selesnian, like to the bone in reality. (laughs) Kind of disgusting. Um, And uh, then I got to say, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, I got to say, between both uh, like Serum Visions, Kalia, Xenus Seeker, and Fae of Wishes that I've all done within the past like less than three months, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are all my favorites now. How can I even pick? And I mean, I can't even leave out Sarah the Benevolent because I know a lot of people tell me that they, they've messaged me and said that they think of me as her, as like my, who I relate to. Um, so I don't know. I have a lot of favorites. There's definitely some other ones like uh, that I, I don't feel as connected to. So they're not yeah. on my favorite list now, but I have done them. So... <laughs> So what got you into cosplaying? Uh, Well, going, getting into magic and wanting to connect to the game more uh, when I was a beginner is what got me into cosplay. I didn't even know cosplay was a thing, uh, but I have a dance and sewing background where I've made costumes for myself, Mm -hmm. uh, both for stage and for Halloween. So going to attend... uh, Pro Tour uh, Dark Ascension, uh, I had only been playing Magic for about three months, so I knew that spectating, I was not going to be able to follow along what was going on Yeah. Um, being at the event. Uh, so I wanted to dress up, uh, and I did a really basic Liliana of the Veil, not completely accurate, what people would call a <laughs> uh, casual cosplay probably. Um, I mean, I put effort into it. I wore a wig, Um, but not to my standards today. So yeah, I I just then started making a new cosplay for every Grand Prix that I went to or Star City Games events when they still came to the West Coast. Um, And so it'd be one thing each year, and then I'd make something new for the shop. And before you knew it, um, I had a couple of friends that told me, hey, you really need to start branding yourself and doing this all the time. And so then uh, back in 2018, after Grand Prix Seattle is when I really started hitting the ground running. And now I've yeah. done even more cosplays outside of Magic, which I hadn't done cosplay outside of Magic before Magic. So Magic oh, okay. was my entry to cosplay. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask like if you had done cosplay, because I see a lot of your you know, Ghostbusters and superhero cosplays, and I really like yeah, a lot of those. New. Okay, okay, cool. Cool. So magic was pretty much what got you into the world. Um, so that was back in what, 2011. Um, mm-hmm. I remember cause I, I'm in Florida here. So we have the Megacon every year in Orlando and Tampa. And, and when I used to go to Megacon a lot, I want to say back in 2010, 2011 is when I first started going, that was still to me, what I sort of consider the infancy of cosplay. Cause I mean, there, there was still a lot of, you know, popular cosplayers back back then and all that but nothing like it is today it's insane oh Um, yeah no there's so much creativity and so many more materials readily available for cosplay today than there was even 
four or five years ago in comparison to eight and ten years ago. Oh, I know. It's insane because I remember talking to some cosplayers and this was all mainly anime cosplayers and just talking to them like how they made their, you know, you know, you know, suits or, you know, their materials or whatever, their accessories. They did it all handmade. Now it's like you can go online and, oh, you want to find a Jace costume or Liliana costume? <laughs> Boom. You can order. actually find some of the characters now, which is crazy. Yeah. It's insane. It's it's blown up to me. And it almost feels I mean, there's still a lot of people that just do amazing cosplays like the guy who did Karn. Oh, uh, was it? Oh, yeah. Atlas Crafts. Was it? He, yes. He, did he do it last? It was last year, right? I think it's been t- almost a full two years now. Two years. Oh, oh wow. Um, well, because he did he brought it to GP Vegas the year before. So, I mean, it's been okay. a full year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not two years quite yet, but yeah, just cosplays like that's just insane. And then you know, you see other cosplays like I follow a lot of Blizzard stuff, you know, StarCraft, Warcraft, Overwatch, and all that. And oh yeah, I see it all too. (laughs) Seeing full size people who do um, oh my god, what's the one guy's name from Overwatch? The guy with the big hammer. Um, I don't know any of the names. I I just can't. I'm like I like recognize the character and kind of be like, okay, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So and, and to me, it seems very. I don't know, maybe this is the wrong way to say it because I don't want to say it's feeling more corporatized, but it's definitely, you can tell there's a lot more money to be made for cosplay compared to even back almost 10 years ago, at least. Yeah, well, now they have stuff like 3D printing that a lot of cosplayers are using, which is insane. Um, I know that I have now can look into using that at my library. I don't have a 3D printer myself yet. But just seeing what people do with that um, in comparison to like paper mache, which my brother was doing going to San Diego Comic Con like 15 years ago. And his thing that he made was so heavy and now everything's (laughs) so light. So oh. w- with 3D printing, what are people making? Is it just more props than anything? or? Oh, there's all sorts of different things. So uh, one thing that's magic related, uh, I know for sure at uh, Magic Fest Seattle, um, there was a girl, she's on Instagram. I'll have to give you her screen name later. Um, but she had 3D printed a hedron. And I know that there's um, oh, okay. patterns out there for that, that if you have a 3D printer, you can download and such. Um, two, so little things like that, little details, two full pieces of swords, they can print out different pieces and then put them together, um, or like details for like paladron stuff, all sorts of things. Um, it's crazy. I guess I never thought of it. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. More like armor stuff or like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's little detail pieces that instead of having to, if you, you can form them with your hands by like using maybe foam clay or something that's moldable like Thebra. Um, but if you just can have something printed for you, uh, but yeah, there's, it's a whole, it's crazy how the technology for other things is now coming into cosplay, which is really cool. So when you're wanting to do a cosplay, let's, let's take, um, the one that's at the top of your p- Twitter page right now, serum visions, right? Yeah. So when you look at the whole costume of it, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's you have a good reference point for the art, but then how do you decide like what the materials are that you're even gonna choose? Like, like, like the face part, right? Like, how do you even come up? How do you figure out, you know, the puzzle to that, like, to make it come to life? (laughs) Uh, well, so I don't know why, but whenever I look at the Serum Visions art and the goggles, well, I really love it. First off, yeah, um, but I 
kind of think of John Lennon glasses. Um, I don't know why, but that's always what I thought. So I knew immediately that I was going to start with the glasses. So I actually got a pair of blue framed glasses and that's where I built around. Uh, I got a craft mask, cut out the lenses and made my pattern for how I was going to use my thermoplastics. So I'm making all of my patterns from hand. I don't have the convenience of the computer printing. That's not where my strengths are as far as uh, prop making go. Um, But so I do it by hand and then connect my pieces together and I drew out where I wanted the circles to be. Um, And then I did actually have a friend who has a 3D printer uh, Mm. help me with the uh, top little... uh, The the little balls on the top or something or? Yeah, on the sides. So uh, I was having him initially help me on Northwest Ghost Tech. Uh, I can give you his screen name too. I was initially having him help me with the LEDs because he's also a little bit better at that. And so, you know, if you have friends who are also doing cosplay, it's great to work and collaborate together. Oh yeah. Um, So he was helping me with that and he was like, oh yeah, I can just print these for you if you want. I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) I was going to do some um, Warbler transplant art and just make some clear domes for them. Um, But he went ahead and did it for me, which was really nice. So... So, so that, that explains the mask and thank you for that. Um, when I look at like the top half of just the shirt, like what, how do you figure that part out? Like what, what's, Uh, and, and I guess it's easy because maybe you can sort of like cut it out, but where do you even start off with finding materials for stuff like that? And (laughs) well, living in Eugene, Oregon, the choices of fabric stores are not that wide. So uh, okay. <laughs> not sponsored good old Joanne's fabrics, which I know does not have a lot of choices, Is but uh, I do find what I can. So when I'm going through the aisles, I'm scouring mostly for color and I take pictures with my phone to see how the fabric and the shine of the fabric reflects the light because that can kind of change the color. Um, but I do take texture into hand consideration. Like that was kind of a suede and to kind of have the hang and flow away from her chest like it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of hang a little bit. If there was maybe some wind, my cosplay would have moved a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it hung and didn't cling to me the way a cotton would. It had a little bit more weight. Um, so... Um, and then the armor, I mean, I just use Thebra. That's my favorite material to work with for armor pieces. And what, what's that material called? Thebra. Thebra? I've never heard of that. It's a thermoplastic, so oh, okay. you can use a heat gun or um, hot water at 120 degrees Fahrenheit. It becomes um, malleable. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So was that just what's on the shoulders? Is that what you're talking about? Or Yep. That's okay. both. Um, so I used uh, Thebra Tex has structure to it so that's both the shoulders and the weird um i don't know neck piece i don't know what to call that (laughs) um as well as on the belt um those are also zebra pieces okay that's cool and so the i I don't know what the the skirt part i don't know what you would call that the skirt yeah yeah it, what what was that made? Is that s- similar, like just fabric right there? Um, yeah, that's fabric. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you can tell from that picture, but I did. If you look up close, I did select some light blue and dark blue thread colors. So when I surged it, um, it has kind of the same ribbony effect that it has on 
on hers. So I did, there are ways that you can think about finishing, um, even though they're just strips of fabric, I could have hemmed them and turned them under, but I thought the surged edge with some c fancy colored blue threads would have a nice effect to it. Um, and I did actually sew those to the shorts that I'm wearing underneath um, to stay covered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that way they kind of flow away and they move really nicely since they're just attached at the top, very top. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so we just had, well, I mean, that, that explains a lot. I mean, that, that to me sort of paints at least a better picture of how cosplayers sort of make the costume. Um, the thing that always gets me is because I would love to. I mean, one of my favorite planeswalkers would be Teferi or Jace, and I'd love to dress up as one of them. But yeah, it's, it's like you it's, should. But it's like I I had no idea where to even start to even make one, and I'm not creative at all like that. I mean, I'd have to just end up buying a costume, and that's about it. But you you can get you can get creative like Teferi. I'm sure you've got a white T-shirt, and then you go to like Goodwill and find like a a blue shirt or a blue vest and like, you know, you go with it. You can start off casual cosplay like I did. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can pay a little yeah. homage to the card <laughs> art. That is true. That's true. Um, yeah. So with uh, Throne of Eldraine pre-release happening, um, did you dress up as Rowan? Because I thought I saw you say something on Twitter, but I didn't really see any pictures though. Uh, yes, I did all of my Throne of Eldraine pre-release stuff live on Instagram this time. Oh, my local okay. game store, Addictive Behaviors, was sponsoring me to dress up um, and play in the events and be there um, to help people out. Um, so, I, yes, I did dress up as Rowan Kenrith on Friday night. Okay. And then on Saturday, I dressed up as Faye of Wishes. Okay. Yeah, I saw the um. I just saw the wings that you made for Faye Wishes. I didn't. Yeah, I, I love those. By the way, They're, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm terrible. I didn't. I don't follow you on Instagram. Um, I'm. No, and this is. I'm I mean, a little chance too. for me to totally uh, <laughs> shamelessly promote myself. Sure. Uh, Patreon users have already gotten to see my complete Faye Wishes cosplay. And they will get to see the full set of photos um, before I start slowly posting them to social media. Okay. Um, so if you want to see my full Faye of Wishes cosplay and you didn't catch my live stream on Instagram, go to patreon.com slash zbex, Z-B-E-X-X, and you can subscribe for $1 to see <laughs> stuff like that. No, that's so. awesome. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible with Instagram. It's like I... I try to post stuff on there every so often and then I never I, I'm, I'm addicted to Twitter like Twitter is my thing but then <laughs> I never remember like anything else like Facebook or Instagram and uh, I don't know I'm horrible I don't use Facebook very much I try to remember I post stuff for my family and friends to see but mm -hmm. I'm the worst I like I'm always climbing through Twitter and Instagram like oh I want to see cool cosplay stuff or fun magic decks yeah. I'm like <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, going a little bit off of magic, just sort of like a little tangent here. Um, one thing that I noticed that you do, and, and which I really, really like and have to commend you for, um, is a lot of when you do the cosplay, and it looks like you go to hospitals or children's mm -hmm. hospitals and all that and do cosplay for the kids there. What, yes. what made you get into that? Uh, well, 
volunteer cosplay uh, it has a really big place in my heart. Um, I got connected with, um, I, well, I already had done some extra life charity um, with addictive behaviors. Do you know about extra life? Yeah, that's the, um, isn't that like the video game charity? I see them. Uh, like they the, do video games, but their premise is that you game for 24 hours yeah, and you yeah, raise yeah. money and then mm -hmm. they donate. You choose which hospital you're giving it to um, in a Children's Miracle Network hospital in your area. Um, so being connected with some of those people, uh, they have I have a group of friends um, that goes and to the different children's hospital like we've been to. Um, that I've been to uh, the Riverbend here in Springfield, Oregon, as well as Dornbecker's up in Portland, Oregon. Um, and it's just getting a chance to give the children and the parents some smiles and lift them out of where they are. Um, and it, it's not just hospital visits. I also do some volunteer events that happen in the community, whether it's like 5Ks as well as free comic book day, and um, Eugene Springfield area has a really cool one called Hero for a Day where less fortunate families have kids and they get to come and pick out a superhero outfit. They get to oh, take it cool. home and they get to hang out with a bunch of heroes and characters and get pictures <laughs> with them and do all of the events at like, you know, rock climbing and face painting with the heroes. So I don't, it's just. If I have the costume, why not take a little bit of time to give back and do something? So it's important to me. I like being, you know, it's fun to be the person walking around at the con, like in costume or at the Magic Fest. Yeah. It's just as fun to be in a room with someone and spending a little bit of time with them, even if it's only five or ten minutes, just to be like, hey, I really care about you and hope that, you, you know, you know every, you're going to have a great day and... You know, just talk to them about things that they like and get them out of their heads. Oh, that's really good. How, how long have you been doing that for now? Uh, over a year now, pretty much okay. since about January of last year. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, cause I, I'm just taking a look at your Instagram here. I see some where you were dressing up as a Ghostbusters. Um, and then also, I love the Captain Marvel one. Um, Captain Marvel is really popular for the hospital visits uh, since it's recognized. She's a really recognizable character. Um, I can't really bring any of my magic cosplays because it wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah, they would. They'd have no idea. Most of them would have no idea what you're even cosplaying as. <laughs> yeah, most of my friends and family like when I put the like card art up next to my picture because yeah. they're like, oh, then I know what you're dressing up as. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, I really like the Captain Marvel one. Um, when uh, talk to me a little bit about the Captain Marvel suit, the the red, white, and blue one. Um, was that something that you bought, or did you make that? I did buy that one. Okay. Um, the movie was coming out, and I had the Kree suit, which I also bought for Gen Con last year. Um, and if I had more time, I would have had the ability to make it. But knowing what was going on in February last year, uh, I actually ordered it in January. Um, so I did buy that one. Um, it's really great quality. Um, so it looks really good. It, it looks. There's definitely some some fitted issues with it, and I'm about to rip it apart and possibly use some pieces <laughs> from it to make my own, or just 
from scratch make my own and then use the gold star that um, it came with because that thing is also really great. Um, not having that's something that if I had a 3D printer, I would print because crafting something symmetrical like that. But, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, but I love the Captain Marvel. I have a summer suit too, which I got off Amazon just because it's a little bit cooler for some of the other events that I was doing outdoors. So a summer suit? Do you mean the Captain Marvel <laughs> summer suit or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my regular suit that you see in most of my cosplay pictures, like the one I posted yesterday, um, it's a nice thick leather um, lined with a like thick flannel underneath. Um, and so you've got the layer of the jumpsuit with the layer of the vest. Um, so it's like a sweat pool basically <laughs> on a hot day. Um, so I got a cheap suit off Amazon, um, which when I'm wearing my actual bracers and I have my helmet that I made myself um, all together, um, it still looks pretty good, but it's like spandex. So I can actually uh, okay. like <laughs> breathe, a, breathe little. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there was um was I think it was a cosplay that you did when was this? Oh, September seventeenth. Or it looks like you posted a picture of it um at from Rose City Comic Con. Looks like you dressed up as Ayla from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Did you get did you get a lot of people recognize who that was or Yeah, I did get quite a people who recognized me, which is really exciting. Um, that's probably my favorite video game, favorite RPG of all time. So. Oh, really? Have you, um, did you ever play Chrono, uh, Chrono Cross? The uh, sequel? I did not play it. I watched my brother do a little bit of gameplay with it, but I did not actually play that one. Okay. So Chrono Trigger, that's one of your favorite. Is it your, the favorite RPG? It's the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I'm not. I'm not going to deny. It. It's a really, really good game. I've played it so many times. Um, right. It has strong female characters and a diverse group of characters at that, like frogs and oh, yeah. Magus, and with the all the different endings that you can do and time travel and princesses. Like, who wouldn't oh, love, I love that? It. I love it. I love a uh, Luca. Yes. Yep. Yeah, one of so my favorite. Crafty. Yeah, one of my favorite teams is probably Frog, Luca, and Robo, and like that's it. Really. That's really pretty. Good that's a pretty popular one in Kill Like. Yeah. yeah. I definitely like the girl squad, like <laughs> Ayla, um, the princess. Why Ma can't I Marl? think of her? Marl or Marley? Marl. Yeah, Marl and Luca. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ayla yeah, is just. Threat. Ayla is ridiculously strong. Especially Triple in the kick. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's just stupid strong in the beginning when you first get her. Cause it's really, so, so here's a little bit of trivia. Um, do you know when the character Alan Chrono Trigger, do you know who that's a reference to from a book? Oh, no, no. So there is a series <laughs> of book. I think it's called the earth children series. Uh, okay. the first book is called clan of the cave bear. Um, it's something my mom introduced me to. It's about a, um, it, it's about like back in the cavemen days where a a family of Neanderthals find a Cro-Magnon child and they name her Ayla, and and um, it's all about her trying to live with these Neanderthal people and how they don't speak. They just do sign language the whole time, but she can speak and just about all her trials and tribulations of growing up in the 
growing up in that family. And of course, you know, there are some warnings. There's a bunch of really graphic stuff that happens in that book, you know, but um, re- really, really good series and a lot of. OK, well, I really like it. Would you consider it fantasy then? It'd be. Yeah, I mean. It's not like fantasy in the terms of like magic happens or like not like dragons. Yeah. Or it it tries to be as authentic as it could back in you oh, know, okay. the, from the BC days before like civilization and all that. Um, but it, it's it's enjoyable. It's a long read. It, it can be a little tough to read too. Like I said, there's definitely some graphicness in there um, that is not for everybody. But got it. But yeah, but well, that, I probably can stomach it. I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Anything that relates to Chrono Trigger, how can I pass up that? Yeah, it, it's just the character was based off that the main character of the Clan of the Cave Bear series and all that. That's so awesome! Thank yeah. you. I never knew that. Oh no, you're welcome. Yeah, I just I, I figured it's always a nice little trivia thing. Um, it, so, what other speaking of games here for a little bit? Uh, what other do you play? A lot of other RPGs, or have you played a lot um, of others? As of currently, no, because I don't have as much time to, but um, probably one of my other, I mean, Final Fantasy VII is obviously on the list, um, yeah. but my, my probably one of my other favorites that's like a classic throwback, because this was really the time when I played video games, like PS1 mm-hmm. days. Well, actually, the PS2 was out, but I got my brother's old PS1, yeah. uh, Sui Coden. Oh, my Did gosh, yes. Oh, I've played them all. Yeah. I love those games. Yeah. I have some good influence from my older brothers on taste of video games, yeah. so I really lucked out on that. Yeah, the Sui Coden series was great. It's That's actually one of my favorite games, one and two. I love how you could just walk around and meet everybody. Yeah. So great. I know it the the only thing I didn't like about those games was I had to end up using a guide because I didn't want to miss you know, collecting everybody and all that. Yes. And, yeah, uh, I, I think my brother played it through once w- without and then got the guide and I just was like, whatever, I'll talk to who I talk yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. So speaking of Final Fantasy Seven, have you seen the you, I mean you're aware of the remake, right? That's coming out what? next year. Yeah, they're remake. System. Uh, PS4. No, so that's the problem is I don't have like uh, I we've got an Xbox One I think is our no Xbox 360 I don't know um, <laughs> that shows you so like I like it all stoked I feel like everything that I'm into is like a retro game now like N64 is where my heart is. Oh no, I know what you mean. That's why um. I mean, I don't have as much time to game as much as I do anymore. I mean, pretty much even my playing magic is really limited to arena. Thank God for arena because my time to even play paper magic is way down to what it used to be. But no, as far as like consoles go, like if you ever are in the mood for a console, I definitely recommend the Nintendo Switch here. It is probably one of the best consoles I've ever owned. Because I mean, not only because it's portable, but you can hook it up to your TV as well, and you can play all the old Nintendo and Super Nintendo games on it too. Oh, Um, nice. And, you know, it has a bunch of great, you know, Final Fantasy games as well. Final Fantasy 7 is on it, so. Oh, sick. (laughs) Well, I might know what might be going on my Xmas list. (laughs) It's I feel like I've been doing a lot more traveling for work and with all the the airplane rides I have to take, that is like the best kind of system to take because it's either I'll read a book on my Kindle or I'll play a game on the Switch. Nice. So it's like it's perfect for traveling. Um, 
Yeah, no, I just thought I would bring that up. But yeah, I wanted to bring up the Final Fantasy VII Remake since you mentioned that game. And definitely look that up because it it blows my mind how the game looks. And they're completely redoing the entire game. Oh, with, that sounds awesome. I mean, the, just like we were saying for cosplay technology, the way graphics have come. So it sounds oh like gosh, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, so I, mean, I people, love the old pixels. Don't get me wrong, but oh yeah, for sure, flashy stuff is cool too. Oh yeah, no, especially like the new designs for Eris and um, Tifa as well. They look really good. But um, so you, so you started Magic cosplay back in 2011. Is is that when you started Magic too, or or a little bit before that? Uh, yes, I started playing Magic in 2011 as well. Okay, okay, and what were you more geared towards, like playing limited or standard, or what, what was some of the favorite stuff you liked playing? Uh, definitely, I knew going into Magic when I found out about all of the sets, I was like, okay, I can handle limited and standard because that is a smaller card pool where if I have to look at all these cards for modern, Okay, here's something kind of funny. Like when I started, it was M12 pre-release was my first event. So um, Scars of Mirrodin was Yeah, that in, was right before, right? Yeah, Scars of or, Mirrodin. Yeah, Scars of Mirrodin yeah, was yeah. in and it was right before Innistrad. Yep. Um, so I went through and like went through all of the cards from Scars at block that were green that were not rotating out. And I like wrote down each green creature card that I wanted to play in a deck that was not rotating out and then like made a deck that would not rotate. I mean, I don't know. I was running like one of Blade Clover Scout, one of the listener elf. <laughs> I felt like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I liked standard. I wasn't, and then I had decks handed to me because then that first deck wasn't really that good. Yeah. And then it wasn't until Return to Ravnica when it came out the next year that I was actually grasping the game and really building my own decks um, that were decent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've started with um, really liking limited and um, standard and pre-releases since that was my first event sealed is still one of my favorites I know some people don't like how swingy it is but I think I'm pretty good at just focusing on what I've got and making the best deck from it so oh yeah oh yeah I've had many sealed pre-releases where you know everyone around me opens up all these bomb rares and planeswalkers and I'm like oh I open up absolutely nothing and then I end up going you know 3-0 and or 4-0 and because it's I just like you, I try to make my deck as tuned as it can. If you know. know how to play and pick the right cards, then you can make it work. And as long as you don't get salty too easily either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my husband, when he was teaching me how to play, and still to this day, whenever we go on vacation, we do Rochester's a lot, like the two-person draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's another reason why I really like limited and can look at the card pool. Because when you're both competing to make the best deck out of what's there... Um, it's funny. He's like, you pick a lot better cards than you used to. <laughs> <laughs> so do you like cube? Have you ever done a cube draft before? Oh, yeah. Um, if I uh, About a month ago on Labor Day weekend, I did a vintage cube and had a sweet Esper deck. I posted it on my Twitter page. Um, you'd have to scroll way back, though, because I post yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> was um, that, was yeah. that on Magic Online, or did you do it on paper? No, on paper. Oh, awesome. 
Yeah, vintage Cuban paper. Lots of cool foils, some collector's edition cards, but no proxies. Yeah, it's cube, yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you um do you have your own cube? Uh yeah, my uh husband and I have the vintage cube. Oh, okay. So, so it's your vintage cube. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mostly his. <laughs> <laughs> um can you can we talk a little bit about it? Like is it what kind of cube is it? Is it a 360 oh. card cube or 540 or it's totally um, what was on Magic Online, like, from two years ago. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like, it's definitely, I don't think it ha I don't think we've added many cards. We took out a, there may have been, like, five to ten newer cards that were added, because we took out some foreign cards that were in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Have you guys so. thought about making a new cube, or...? Like an I mean, original cube? It, when there's time, we've done know, the vintage cube draft <laughs> with friends like three times. Right. So. I know exactly what you mean. It's I've, I've, I'm working on my second cube. I took apart my first one and, you know, I only played it maybe 10 times. Did it have a theme? It had a theme. It was more tribal based. It was like each color had two tribals. Like, like white was, you know, humans and angels. Blue was what wizards and sphinxes i want to say and then red was or black was zombies and um vampires red was goblins and dragons i think it was and then green was elves and big dumb beasts yeah <laughs> so is green your favorite color yes yeah it's definitely it, that, that's actually, and I love telling this story. People who've listened to my podcast have probably heard it a million times, but my very first deck, I started playing back in Urza Saga, and my first deck was a mono green worm deck. But so the store that we would buy booster packs from, they didn't have any intro decks, and um, they only had booster packs, so basic lands was a rare commodity for us. Sometimes basic <laughs> lands were more rare than the actual cards we'd pull out of booster packs. So I, I can remember vividly with with my friends trading basic lands <laughs> with my friends because <laughs> we didn't have enough we didn't have any and oh that's hilarious and this is before you know ordering on the internet being able to buy you know a thousand oh lands yeah and all that. So yeah i i remember my mono green worm deck having islands in the deck be and i would just tell my friends oh they're forests don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great yeah. Did you have a Gaia's Cradle for the deck that was around the right time? No, no. I mean, I have a play set of Gaia's Cradle now, but I never pulled one yeah. back then. Um, I, I do remember my first foil was actually a White Angel um, from Urza's Destiny. Um, was it like a Sarah? Not a Sarah Angel. It was something else. I don't remember. But um, yeah, so... So with Magic, so you're mainly, you really like Limited, it seems like. Um, are you still playing Standard a bunch, or? Oh, am I losing you here? Uh, yeah, oh, no, I still play okay. Standard a lot, but Legacy is definitely my favorite format. Oh, Legacy, okay. okay. What are you playing Legacy right now? Uh, well, right now I play Sneak and Show because I'm still... Very sad that Death Right Shaman is banned. Yeah, yeah, it. I mean, I get why they banned it because it is a ridiculous card. It's basically a one mana planeswalker, but I mean, 
Was it really that? Did it really need to be banned? Why couldn't Wizards just print a card that could just take care of it? You know? Well, you know, now that they've printed both uh, Hogak and Renin 6, Wizards, this is a perfect opportunity for you to bring back some graveyard hate. Yeah, that is true. Death Rite Shaman would go perfect against it, actually. You're right. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Any Wizards of the Coast staff listening out there? I'll talk to Mishy out there and let her know, like, hey, listen, Zbex and I, we we got to unban Death Rite Shaman now, you know? Yeah, I think there'd be some other people that would be happy about it, too. So get and on the DRS train. Exactly. And while we're at it, unban Gitaxium Probe. It did nothing wrong. Yeah, I'm okay with that, too. <laughs> I, I'm still a little salty they banned that in Popper because I don't play a lot of Popper, but one of my favorite decks in Popper utilized Gitaxium Probe. And it's, I don't, I mean, yeah, I know it's a pretty degenerate card. You basically get to draw a card for free and look at your opponent's hand. But I mean, I mean, you want to know how degenerate I am? How? I'm mad that they banned cranial plating in Popper. This was years ago, but that was my deck. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, Yeah. Bring back cranial plating. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you should do that, but. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't play Popper enough to know if that would be detrimental to the format or not. Yeah, I, I played it a lot, like maybe one to two years ago. But now it's ever since they banned Gitaxian Pro, I'm like, I don't want to play it again. I don't want to build another deck, even though I know decks are like super cheap. Actually, some decks are getting a little bit up there now because of the depending on what common cards it is. Some of them go up in price like Delver Secrets has gone up in price, even though you I'm, need an Oubliette. Oh yeah, that too. It's, <laughs> how much is that? Like 20, 30 bucks or something like that? I, yeah, it's over 20. Yeah, that's ridiculous for a common card. I know, right? And they could reprint it in Commander, you know? I don't get it. But um so you also have a podcast as well, the Zbex Fabcast. Yes. Um, what made you want to start that? Uh I <laughs> have a really awesome friend, Karn Gillen, who's a life coach, and she recommended it. And her advice, I actually had a conversation with her about three weeks prior to leaving to Gen Con, and her, a conversation that I had with her and my other friend, Brittany Borsma, who is also a very motivational person, I decided in that three weeks that I was going to get the fabric and make the Ayla costume from Chrono Trigger that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So having listened to her advice in the past, um, I was like, seems like a good thing to do. And I've just kind of rolled with it. My episodes are all centered around magic and cosplay and everything else fabulous. So I've done some episodes on how I got into cosplay, um, at a magic fest, at a pre-release, talking to a level three judge, Adina. Um, so I've, I've tried to cover a variety of things that hopefully would interest people that are either new to magic or not new to magic um, from a different perspective. No, that's awesome. I see you haven't done an episode since August. Do you have Do you have something in the works coming soon for another episode? Uh, I have been brainstorming some ideas and I have definitely contacted a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a couple of magic uh, celebrities or magic YouTube personalities that oh, I've nice. discussed having on the podcast. 
maybe you should be on my podcast too. Sure, I'm, I'm down for it. I can talk to you, I don't know. I, I don't do cosplay, so. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I wanna do some, um, some focused spotlights on content creators, um, just mainly in one episode. Uh, oh. But yeah, so there's maybe a couple of episodes from the different people that I have to talk to um, now that the roller coaster of Grand Prix Vegas into Marvel Superhero Night into Rose City Comic Con into Throne of Eldraine pre-release is done, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'll have some time to focus a little bit more on the Zbex Fabcast. Yeah, it sounds like you've been really busy with that. Um, <laughs> is it? Do you do you enjoy being that busy with all this cosplay? And um, is it? Yes. I, I mean, I still find time to do socializing, too. Like, I've still gone to, um, you know, football watching parties and, um, you know, birthday parties on party buses. And I mean, I still play I play paper magic two times a week. Um, so, I, I mean, I keep myself busy, but I'm still having fun. I take oh, my dogs good. on my one. Well, my young dog on a walk. My older dog doesn't walk as fast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I like, I like staying busy. Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So what's some, when I was growing up, I was always doing one thing from the next. Like I remember I'd have like, you know, tennis practice. So then I'd like practice piano, uh, and then like dance practice after that. Like it would just, and then do homework sometime after that. (laughs) So, so speaking of dance, um, what kind of dancing did you do? Uh, I did the whole shebang of everything, the basic uh, ballet, tap, jazz, um, as well as I did do point, um, which is where you go up on your toes, um, and hip hop, I love hip hop, Mm -hmm. uh, modern as well. Um, so I didn't do ever any do any ballroom dancing, um, but any of the like on stage solo dancing, I've definitely done a wide variety, even like some African dancing and that's awesome. Uh, drumming such. No, no, I, I only ask because my older sister, she was a dancer for a long time, you know, did pretty much everything that you just mentioned. Um, and so I remember I remember as a kid. And I used to hate it as a kid, especially when she first started doing dancing. We'd have to sit through, you know, two, three hour uh, dance recital. But she'd only be yep. on like one or two numbers. And I'd, I'd be so excited seeing her. But everyone else would be like, OK, I'm bored. <laughs> and and I know it sounds bad, but especially when it's the little, little kids doing dance. And you're just like, oh, God, it, it felt like forever. You're like, that one is not like not even with it. <laughs> yeah. And I tried putting my daughters into dance, um, but both of them did it for a little bit. But man, it just gets expensive. Holy crap, it's it expensive. Yeah, I w- I'm really fortunate that uh, my family was able to afford dance lessons um, throughout my childhood. So it wasn't and even... I can definitely think dance to a lot of the makeup skills that I oh, acquired yeah. for stage makeup that I definitely use directly in my cosplay makeup. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it wasn't so much the lessons I remember. It was like all the all the um, all the costumes and stuff. It's like I, I always felt like, man, these friggin dance studios are trying to gouge us because we try a few dance studios. And then, you know, we just sent, and then some of the kids just both my daughters just ended up falling out of love with it. And, you know, I'm not going to force them to do it or anything like that. But, um, I was pretty 
pretty lucky. Both of the dance studios that I went to growing up, um, one of the first one was a mother-daughter, and the mother sewed all of the costumes. They would just be like some cool shirts to put over a leotard, and so you just she'd rotate through cool costumes and like kind of rent them out. And same with the other one. If she, if even if you had to buy a a costume for competition, a lot of those Mm -hmm. catalogs have like MSRP so that if you're a dance studio, you can make money off of your clients by them buying costumes too. But our teacher would just give us like, here, look, this is the price that I'm buying it for. You just reimburse me for it. So I was pretty lucky to have people that that already knew it was an expensive thing. Yeah. Yeah, so do you still do any dancing at all anymore? Like teach it or do it at all? Or uh, I have not been in a dance company um, for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, two, one year ago, yeah, one year ago I was in a dance show as a veteran dancer for Work Dance Company, mm-hmm. um, which I was in for quite a while um, in my later years. Um, so yeah, I am not in a dance company currently, but I still work out all the time and I can still break it down. Like (laughs) I've thought about doing like dance instructional videos while in cosplay or something goofy like that. So I could have like a potential flash mob, know my choreography at a magic fest and. Oh, that'd be cool. You you could do something. (laughs) These are like my fantasies. Yeah. Well, you could do something like, you know. How would Sarah the Benevolent, there I can say, what would be Sarah's, you know, dance routine or dance number, right? Or 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 her dancing style, you know, or... Oh, or, yeah, right? Or what would, you know, be Mrs. or Sarah Visions, you know, and something like that. I could see that. Take, that'd be fun. It'd be fun to yeah, do. Yeah, so again, now that things have slowed down, you might see some interesting projects from me coming out. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. That and do it. I, I mean, I I definitely watch that. Um, so you're, like, what what would Rowan like or Rowan like? You know, you get Kenrith and Rowan like a brother sister dance. They duo would definitely or be like a Broadway jazz style duo. You know, like I'd be down and like, for that. but like go from behind each other like in tutting lines and like. <laughs> oh my god! You you know, it'd be a perfect number for that. Um, do um. Oh, I got to look it up here. I can't remember the name of the song. Uh, hold on one second here. Just, just for that, just reminding me, uh, what's the name of the song here? <laughs> so if you can't see the video, she's dancing right now. Um, <laughs> um, oh, so I, I could almost picture them doing uh, the cat song Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Yes. Both getting in trouble. <laughs> I somehow like knew I like Cats is one of my favorite musicals. Um, oh, I it's love definitely it. like I did a report on Andrew Lloyd Webber in elementary school. That's how into Cats I was. Oh, um, Mongo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Yeah, something like that exactly, where they're just going around, <laughs> but like with their swords. And, yeah. Like... <laughs> and just change up the lyrics to you know match Eldraine and you know them those two. Um, that could be done. All right. That's that's also probably going on the list. I, I got to give you that credits um, for uh, productive ideas. There you go. There you go. That, that's that's why I get paid the big bucks here. That's right. <laughs> um, so speaking of musicals, are you excited about the Cats movie coming out? Yes. I'm so excited. As soon as I saw the trailer, I took a screenshot of the main male, val- male ballet dancer doing this 
beautiful leg extension when he's yeah. on the dining room table. I'm so excited. I know some people are freaked out by the looks, but I I'm just transported by the dancing and the costuming. I don't even care about. Oh, no, I'm I'm so pumped about it. It's um that that was my first musical I saw like live, and then I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. Um, you know, watched the movie that came out back in the what late '90s so many times. Um, and it's funny because I remember seeing everybody on Twitter saying, "Oh my God, the new Cats." you know movie looks terrible it looks horrible and i watched the yeah. trailer and i'm like this is, i mean yeah i can see why people wouldn't like it but i'm so no I'm, i was i'm so excited. i was just like i want to see that i think i immediately texted my mom like <laughs> <laughs> no i i texted my wife immediately because she loves it too and um it the so that the movie comes out the same day the new Star Wars movie comes out. So, oh no way! Yeah. So my wife and I have already planned that we're gonna go see Cats first, and then okay. we're gonna go see Star Wars immediately after. Oh, double feature! Yes. Nice. Oh, I'm and I, even though I love Star Wars, I think I'm secretly more excited about Cats than Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. That I I don't think I can say right now which one I'm more excited for. I don't know. It just, it looks great. And with, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting all the names of the people that are going to be in the new movie. Uh, Je- Jennifer like Hudson. Swift, but, and isn't it um, Hudson? Yeah, Jennifer Hudson being Grizabella. Oh my God. It's yes. like, I cannot wait for her to sing Memory in that because it's, it's, it like gives me chills. Is Jack like, Black in there too? No, I think no. you're thinking of. Um, There's some other um, comedian. Yeah, he's the English comedian. He's playing Bustopher Jones. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I can't think of his name though. I'm the worst with names and faces. Oh, yeah. so I'm surprised I've gotten this far. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm right there with you. Um. So, so musicals. Do you like any other musicals? Oh, Les Mis, a hundred percent. Um. So yeah, cats. And Les Mis are some of the first musicals I remember seeing. Phantom yep. of the Opera I saw early too. I've never um, seen that. I, I mean, I've seen the movie, but I've never, I've never seen it live or anything. Les Mis. No, no, no. Phantom of the Opera. I've oh, seen Phantom Les Mis. Of the Opera. Yeah, yeah no, I've it's seen really Les Mis cool live too. Um, like, um, do you know who Bob Fosse is? Not off the top of my head. Um, he is an amazing dance choreographer who created a very unique style with a lot of um, cabaret, top hat, body angles, very like um, crazy 60s mm-hmm. mods type. Um, but he does a whole, he, there's a whole Bob Fosse musical. I'm blanking on the name right now, but it has a bunch of great Broadway song and dance numbers on. It's definitely at the top of my list. So cabaret, love oh, yeah. cabaret. C- cabaret's good. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, like Bob Fosse, totally. Yeah, Chicago too. Chicago, yes. Oh my god, that's such a good. I mean, I I want to see it in play. I mean, I've seen the, the movie King a and lot. I even. Um, oh, the King. Yeah, I'm. Well, uh, a lot of these I've only seen the movies of. Um, it's I, I've only seen very few plays actually live. I actually saw um, a couple months ago. I actually went and saw Rock of Ages live. Oh, uh, cool! Have you ever seen Rock of Ages? I've seen the movie. The mo- so the movie's really good. I feel like it was good, but the musical, I, oh, I bet I, it's even better. Oh yeah, it's even better. Um, because they changed some stuff for the movie. I think to sort of they definitely made Tom Cruise's role a lot bigger than it actually was in the play because you know it's Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
but um i i i've been obsessed with that soundtrack lately and that movie um just i listen to it as much as i can um so yeah, that's cool that you like musicals too. I, well, I guess that makes sense you being into dance and um yeah I, I like all all sorts of music, whether it's classical to hip hop to rock and roll. The musicals just go right along with the dance and the costuming. It's funny because when I come out of watching like movies or anything, I'm definitely first commenting about what people were wearing or, you know, the makeup or the dancing or like that scene. I don't know. I just like movement and visual effects. Yeah, I'm definitely more about the story and the music of it the actual music because it's yeah. to me to me it's like the music makes the movie e- e- even oh, if it yeah. even if it's not a musical it's you know it's like yeah, it I mean, really connects your heartstrings to those moments when you're like oh, yeah. oh. especially howard shore doing lord of the rings music it's like i've listened to that soundtrack so Epic. <laughs> He he brings Lord of the Rings to life. It's it's insane because I still have some issues with the movies because I'm obsessed with the books, but the music though is it. I I can't fault the music at all. E- even the Hobbit when he did the music for the Hobbit, loved it. The Hobbit movies had their issues, but the music was top notch. <laughs> yeah, I do I do agree with you. I love all of the music, the scores in all of those um, movies that have come out. All this, all the Lord of the Rings ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, so that's cool. Like, I'm super excited about Cats. Um, what have been some other musicals that I've seen? Oh, you know, I have you seen um, Book of Mormon? No, I haven't actually. I want to see that so bad. I was just. I do want to see that too because I've heard that it's really funny. Yeah, and it's crazy that you know the creators of South Park have made something like so popular, and it's won a bunch of was it was it musicals get Grammys? I think it is. Oh, I also or, want to see Hamilton. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I've I've, I've listened to some songs of it. It, it hasn't connected to me because I don't really know what the story is and all that. Yeah, so. I only know about it from like on Jeopardy. Like yeah. seriously, there was several months where at least once or twice a week there was an answer or a whole section about Hamilton the <laughs> uh, on Broadway. Yeah. So. I'm yeah, like, the, okay, I want to see it. <laughs> um, have you ever seen the the Lion King musical? Uh, I do think when I was young I saw it. Yeah, but it's been a long time. I still say that the Lion King musical is way better than even both movies, the cartoon and the new one that just came out. It's like I haven't seen the new one yet, the new um, live one. It's okay. I mean, it, that's it, kind of what I've heard. I mean, it's nothing not, can ever replace the animated one for yeah, me. I would that was definitely like, I I feel oh, like it I was like one of the first of movies I remember in theaters. Oh yeah, same with me. Um, it, it's not that it's bad. The new one, it's just, it's okay. It's not yeah. bad. I mean, the 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 latest Disney movie I've even really really liked. Um, as far as the live action remakes was uh, Beauty and the Beast. I was just going to say, Beauty and the Beast, I wasn't really, when it came out, I wasn't really sure. I was like, they're remaking my favorite Disney movies with real people. Like, I wasn't really sold on it. And then I saw Beauty and the Beast, and of course, I came out talking about all the costumes and the makeup, (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, that was just like, that was so amazing. Um, But I haven't seen any of the other ones since, but from everybody that I've heard, they've all been like, just wait till it's on video. So honestly, that's why I haven't seen them yet. 
with how busy I've been, it's like, sure, okay, well, I haven't yeah. been to the theater anyway, so. Yeah, like, the the other one that came out this year, Aladdin, it, that one I actually enjoyed way more than Lion King. It's, um, I was, I was, like, real, pretty much the same attitude as you with Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, now this is going to be terrible, because Aladdin has <laughs> been one of my favorite movies, and it's not that, it's not the best remake of it, but it's pleasantly good, good. Right, especially when Will Smith shows up as the genie, and I'm thinking to myself, "Yes, and that's I, really how I want to see it. I definitely need to watch that soon." And I felt like he wasn't trying to emulate Robin Williams at all or anything, and I'm glad he wasn't trying to do that because Robin, there's no one that could replace him. You at can't all. replace Robin Williams, no. and Will Smith is his own comedian, so I'm yeah. sure it works. Oh yeah, and it, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, the the only thing that just felt off was just Jasmine's new song. And oh, they put a new song in. Yeah, she has a new song like called "Speechless," and it's not that the song is bad; it's just the timing of the song feels completely weird. Like they just forced it in there when it didn't feel like it came naturally. You know, like it's a good song. It just it was for because they did the same in uh the Lion King as well. Um, Oh, okay. Like Beyonce has a new song in it, and it just felt very forced in it okay you know what i mean like it kind of disrupted the flow of it like wait what what's going on now (laughs) (laughs) well when you're used to a classic disney story for so long and then they're like by the way let's add this in yeah okay we'll get used to it i guess maybe Maybe yeah maybe maybe um yeah i didn't um but yeah aladdin i felt like was way better than lion king uh will smith i think pretty much saved that movie with it with him being in it um God, we've gotten completely off track. Um, I wanted to originally ask you um, some cosplay advice. Um, oh, yeah. So, so what would be some advice you'd give to someone who's interested in cosplay, has no idea where to begin, you know, sees all these people making these amazing cosplays, and they're like, how do I do that? How do I afford that? You know, what do I do? You know, what would be some of your advice? So my best advice is start with something that you know and think about materials that you have on hand and skills that you have, um, you know, like choosing to do a full light up LED costume for my first cosplay is definitely not something that I would choose to do um, since I don't have as much physics, electrics, tronics knowledge. Yeah. I can't even speak. Uh, <laughs> but um, where I do know how to sew, um, my first costumes all involved me sewing because it was something that I knew how to do. Fabric was easy for me to acquire. Um, you know, if you have, um, if you do have a shop and have someone that can like weld or solder some like light pieces for you in some way, you know, take talk to people that you know and collaborate with cosplayers. Um, I'm always open for questions. I answered a couple of questions for people this week on how to do some ideas for cheap Halloween costumes. So I definitely don't mind. Um, And if you know other cosplayers, um, you can probably ask them. And I'd say a lot of cosplayers are very keen to open up and sharing their techniques if you want to learn. Um, So yeah, I'd say do what you know from there you can always once you've done something take a step back and say well it needs a little bit more bling on the cuff let me go get you know a gold bracelet from goodwill and throw that on there you know whatever it might be um there's affordable ways that you can get around doing things 
Okay, and do you recommend something simple for someone starting off? Well, here's the thing. I mean, do also what you have time for. If True. you know that, like, say right now, um, it's the 30th of September when we're talking. If you're like, for Halloween, I want to have this costume ready in four weeks, and I want to do this really intricate warlock from War World of Warcraft with all of these details and I've never done anything before. Well, that's probably not like the best time to do in four weeks. Now, if you're like, that's the character that I want to do for a Comic-Con next summer in my hometown and you have a lot of months to prepare for it, maybe you can, maybe your first one can be something that intricate, um, but be realistic and give yourself enough timeline that you're not going to stress yourself out and make yourself not want to work on it because really you just need to approach it one piece at a time like when we were talking about my serum visions I, mm -hmm. I literally started with the goggles then I did the shirt and the pants and the armor pieces were the last thing that I did but just one piece at a time it all comes together and there you go awesome so what are some of the tools of the trade that people may need to get or pick up if they're gonna dive into this world of cosplaying yeah, so something that's really handy for thermoplastics, for making um, like armor pieces. If you are using thermoplastics, a heat gun is very handy. I know working with foam, you can also use a heat gun for heat shaping. Um, so that's something that you could get a really fancy one from Home Depot, or um, they do have cheaper ones on Amazon. Um, so, you know, you can also use a crock pot with water, but it's not that easy. What? So that's where heat gun is nice. Uh, I definitely would say super sharp scissors. Um, if you want to get nice lines on your fabric, uh, using scissors that you cut paper with is not going to be good. So if you get nice scissors too, only use them on fabric. Um, oh yeah, I know and, about that. My wife is a uh, she crafts. Um, she likes making bows and you know, sh um, what else? She she likes making bows, tutus, and some other like yes. shirts and stuff. And I see her like have all these different kinds of scissors. And I've always asked her like, why do you have so many scissors? I mean, she's like, oh well, <laughs> this one's for this fabric. This one's for leather. And I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, or even like if you do already own a sewing machine, having a having a pair of really small scissors is really nice so that you yeah. for just picking up and clipping little threads um oh one thing that i recently purchased that i am just like wow <laughs> everybody should buy this for twenty dollars is a um snap plier something that can apply snaps oh okay okay um so if you look at pictures of my Kalia cosplay on the skirt, um, I actually made a skirt rather than a dress, you can see a little black snap, um, and that was like, to have it go around the ring the way that I wanted to have the fabric do, oh, I, I did not okay. have that for Sarah, and I was like, that was so easy. So I went back through and actually added, I had stitched Sarah, I actually went back through and added some snaps rather than Velcro, and it was like $20 came with, a pack of 360 different colored snaps and the whole toolkit. And I was like, I've made um, pillowcases that my dogs are sleeping on right oh, now in cool. a college football printed fabric. Um, and you just make little snaps to, like that was seriously like 
awesome. Oh, one other thing <laughs> for sewing. I just want to give you all the pro tips. Yeah, no, no if, problem. Um, straight pins are what I had always with the little ball heads on the end or mm. what I had always used before. And I recently discovered like these little clamp pins. Um, they're great. I got like a hundred of them off Amazon for something like this. Or wait, I don't know if you can see. Uh, wait, hold on this camera. Something like um, that. Or yeah, like... kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, it's so great because certain fabrics that pins just kind of fall out of, those clamps keep together. So yeah, Sorry, those it... actually are some of my favorite tools. Sorry, my my wife's uh, like little craft. But I, I don't even know. I don't want to know what the heck to call it. She's got this like craft. Like every little drawer has like little tools for her, and I'm like, uh, I just saw the little clamps at the top. Yes, and having little boxes and little spaces, totally like KonMari, is very important for keeping your craft space organized, so that when you are crunching, everything's in its spot. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh man. Uh, so, oh shoot, there was another question I wanted to ask. I don't remember. Um, so. I've had some other cosplayers on the show here. I've had a Tappy Toe Claws, Sydney, and yeah. um, I've had a Ariel, a Mrs. Air Bubbles, Mrs. Air Bubbles now. Um, yes. <laughs> on them. So with you going to a lot of these uh, GPs, has has a lot of these been sponsored by Channel Fireball for you? Yes. Okay, that's cool. So w what is it that you're um, like? I guess for lack of a better word, what are you doing at these GPs? Like when you're being sponsored by them. Sure. So for me as a sponsored cosplayer, um, I am competitive. So I am sponsored to play in the main event. Okay. And then uh, so I'm in costume. And in addition to being in the main event, um, when I'm not in cosplay or cosplay, when I'm not playing in the main event, um, especially like on Friday or if I don't make day two Sunday, then I'm playing um, in side events. I'm avail I'm walking the floor and chatting to people, available for photos, uh, mm -hmm. just you know, making the atmosphere of the event come to life. So do you um have any kind of schedule coming up of what other GPs you're gonna be attending soon? I do. Um so the next Magic Fest that I will be at is Magic Fest Portland. It's December twentieth through the twenty second in oh, Portland, nice. Oregon. Nice. I wish I could attend that. Um, being in Florida, I feel like everything's just so far away. Um, I can relate. I <laughs> I have not made it over to the East Coast um, for cosplay. The furthest that I've made it for cosplay is, well, I guess Indianapolis. Um, okay. But um, that was not a sponsored event. Um, but yeah, so I would like it to make it over to the East Coast, but I need a little bit more sponsorship to yeah. get over there. Yeah. No, it's I, I need something. Um, I, I I am gonna try next year at least to try to either go to GP Seattle or GP Vegas next year. Um, because I was gonna go to Seattle this year, but then life happened. Um, couldn't make it, and Vegas instead. I'm going to Vegas in a couple days instead, and it's gonna be a not as hot as probably what it was back in August when during GP Vegas. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I know. You're. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm really waiting for them to release the schedule yeah, for no, next year's Magic Fest. I always feel like it's like too close to the end of the year. I'm always wanting to know what's happening in January and through March sooner than we get it. 
Um, but so I'm waiting to find out that schedule to start planning stuff for next year. I also will maybe go to Seattle, maybe to Vegas. I'm, I am my, one of my goals for this next year, depending on where the schedule is, if I, if there's, uh, some cities with some friends or family members that I haven't seen in a while. I want to try to make it to some locations that I haven't been to before since I have been to Seattle and I have been to Portland and Vegas a couple of times rather than going to one of those, maybe a little bit extra on the travel costs to be out there. So yeah, it probably doesn't even cost that much for you to what travel to Vegas, right? Oh yeah. No traveling to Vegas. I fly directly from Eugene. Well, not, I mean, I leave Eugene from the airport. I go up to Seattle and then down to Vegas, but I get to leave. The airport is like 10 minutes through my house and it's so great. Our (laughs) one wing airport takes like 15 minutes tops to get through security. Oh man. God. (laughs) The the airport I got to go through. I have a drink. Yeah. I got to go to Tampa airport and depending on what time of day, it's like if it's early in the morning, like if I have a 6 a.m. flight, yeah, TSA won't be that bad because, you know, I'll be there at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. But um, in the if I'm traveling in the afternoon, like same as rush hour, 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, it's TSA is going to be terrible. Oh. And it's just a waiting game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not as bad as when I went to Chicago, though, um, last November. That was terrible. O'Hare was just god-awful. So I don't remember where we were flying to, but it was definitely for a magic event that was modern. Mm-hmm. And we were checking in the car on the way to the airport. And I was like, oh, I see your legacy deck. I was like, do we have your modern deck? And we forgot one of our modern decks. So we literally had time to turn, we all like got to the airport, turned around, drove home, got the modern deck, drove back, <laughs> still went through security and still had time to get a drink. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. So pretty fortunate here in Eugene. Yeah, yeah it's funny because I remember when I traveled to Maine one time because I had some family up in Maine. It was what the Bangor Airport. Like literally, I just remember going through security. There's like no one at the airport. The plane they don't even have the um the um the jetway to connect to the plane. You just walk outside and yeah, yeah, no, you just walk out onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my! It was like the smallest airport I've ever been in before so is eugene similar yeah it's kind of nice um i mean there's an upstairs and a downstairs um there's probably like (laughs) six different wings or gates yeah Um, but there's a great restaurant there's a gift shop like it still kind of looks like a big airport (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that because i just think of uh tampa international i'm like oh my god it's so big and Freaking, or think of something like from Chicago O'Hare or something like that. Like, oh my God, it's ridiculously big. And just, no, like I, last time when we flew in at eleven o'clock, we're like the last plane to get in. So there's only the people that were on our flight, which was only like we only had half of a commuter plane filled up. So I like went over to the upright piano and started dinking around on it while we were waiting for our bags to get through security <laughs> like it was pretty empty but hey get a taxi right away really oh, easy. yeah for sure for sure yeah <laughs> now that makes it easy um so you you're thinking about going to gp portland in december um i'm, I'm gonna... definitely going to GP oh, oh you're portland. definitely going okay yes. okay how far is portland from where you are is it far it's about a two-hour drive uh it's about 100 miles that's not too bad. Um, no, it's not too bad. Yeah, two hours. I mean, yeah, two hours goes by quickly. So speaking of Portland, uh, you were 
And um, earlier this year, I think it was earlier this year, you were in uh, the professor's preview video with uh, Chris yes. Van Meter and it was Ashley Rose or Ashlyn Rose? Ashlyn no, Rose, yes. Ashlyn Rose, okay. All right, so how did that all come apart or come up? Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the professor contacted me um, and uh, I actually made the Burning Tree Emissary cosplay for the video. Um, oh, okay. Ashlyn had hers already, um, but he wanted to have uh, like an army of Burning Tree Emissaries storming <laughs> the college. Um, so, and I got to, he, uh, the professor, Brian wrote, uh, most all of the script, but the three of us, Chris, Ashlyn and I did get to collaborate and give some input on different lines and, you know, little things here and there. So that was really a fun experience. Um, and yeah, I just drove up to Portland, which was really nice. We had, uh, people coming from Seattle and, uh, California to make that video. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really cool to be part of a preview card video. Was that your first preview card video? Yes. Okay. Has that been your only one? Yes. Okay. So again, if more Wizards of the Coast staff <laughs> members are listening, I am here yeah. for preview cards and I will make a cool cosplay with it. I'll even or, come to your event. No, what you need to do is you need to do not only a cosplay for the card, but also since we've been talking musicals, a dance number. That's yes. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't know if you saw recently, but I am pretty good at spitting some quick rhymes on the fly. So maybe I'll even like, I'll do my song and dance with like a rap and hip hop <laughs> dancing cosplay. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. And so, Mishy, if you're listening to this or anyone else from Wizards, get on it right now. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I you know I have a Nylea cosplay that I did during Theros. I totally threw away the bow and the wig, but I still have part of it. Um, so if you need anything for Theros returned, wizards, hit me up. <laughs> I'm I'm super excited about that set. It's I like Throne of Eldraine. The the art and flavor is amazing, but I love Greek mythology, and I can't wait to go back to it. I'm sad. See, the one thing that I'm a little sad with with the way Wizards is doing sets now is I like that each set is a big set, and we no longer have the big, small, small, or big, small, big. Um, yeah. But we're only in like like we're only in Eldraine for one set. Which is sad. I wish we this were. This year is going to be weird. It's going to go by so fast with. I know. Having one set per season. Yeah, I mean, I know it felt like. I mean, with the Ravnica coming out last year, it felt like a normal kind of season of Ravnica because we had technically three sets in Ravnica. Yeah, and we at least had the two blocks where it felt true to Ravnica. Yeah, yeah, and then, but this year we're or the next rotation we're getting what uh eldraine and then theros then ikoria which is i think that's the no, um, i thought we're going to zendikar well zendikar is next fall uh the oh oh okay i'm mixing or things or, up. or or wait no hold on yeah yeah so th this is eldraine here then winter will be uh theros where elspeth is going to come back and i'm super excited about that she's one of my favorites um and then Ikoria is, I think, the um, Kiora's uh, plane, the the Cynic oh, plane. Oh, cool! Warfare. Yeah, or 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 one of her. I don't know. Um, and then we're going back to Zendikar uh, next fall, which I'll. That's 
hopefully hopefully it's better than Battle for Zendikar. That's what it just. You didn't like Battle for Zendikar. <sighs> I mean, Eldrazi Winter. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy. That. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Well, then I have officially proven myself as being more degenerate than you. <laughs> I mean, I, I was play, I was definitely playing more standard back for Battle for Zendikar, and I did not really like that decks were upwards of eight hundred to a thousand dollars in standard. Yeah, because, that's fair. Because Jace's Vrin's Prodigy was a hundred dollars a pop. Well, back we then. had the didn't we have the cons fetch lands from yep. the set before? That's why it was so expensive. So maybe yeah. if they're in a set without fetch lands, I mean, but it is Zendikar, so. Well, I I'm hoping that with this Zendikar set, they kind of go back to like the original Zendikar where it's more about adventure and intrigue instead of just Eldrazi because that's kind of just what was shoved in our faces was just Eldrazi, 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 which it wasn't bad. It was just kind of, it didn't feel like Zendikar though, like the original Zendikar. Yeah, Zendikar Zendikar needs kind of a rebirth since it's all been like turned to dust. Pretty much, yeah, since they killed uh, Ulamog and uh, Kozilek. You know, yeah. So hopefully it sees something like that, like just no Eldrazi, please. Um, <laughs> if anything, put slivers on the plane, because why not? Wow. <laughs> Let's You're make your first from Zuby. <laughs> <laughs> I know it'll never happen, but um, you know, weirder things have happened. Yeah, they ha- they do have a tribal theme on that set, so allies and slivers maybe. Oh, there you go. Just oh my god, that that just be stupid. Oh my gosh, can you imagine that? Just, just both, because allies can be pretty degenerate just by itself, and then slivers on top of that. Oh man, that would just that'd be gross. I definitely war of the tribes. Limited. Yeah, I, I definitely play limited. Like I'd play, I draft that set so many times just for that. <laughs> <laughs> All oh. right, well, see, it sounds like it would be popular, so maybe they'll consider your ideas too. Oh, I'm or sure. Just, We've got tons of ideas for Watsy. I know, right? They need to hire us, but I don't think they'd yeah. be able to afford me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, all right, well, I guess it's, we're going to wrap up here. Um, so is there anything else you want to share uh, that you, you may be working on? I know you mentioned some episodes of the podcast, maybe some YouTube stuff. Um, anything else that we didn't touch upon that you want to bring up? Um. Well, I mean... Definitely, I'll retouch on again. I, I'm going to be doing a awesome secret surprise cosplay for Magic Fest Portland. Um, I will be doing previews for that as well as other stuff on my Patreon. So just another little uh, promo there. If you go to patreon.com slash zbex, Z-B-E-X-X, you can get... Um, a couple of different tiers there, but $1 will get you access to some of my new costume surprises. Um, who knows? Maybe that's even where my flash mob dance is going to start from. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? I'm probably... So a lot of people have wanted me to stream Arena, and I'm probably going to start streaming Arena. Now that everything's quieted down, I can finally start doing all these side projects. Um, and also now that it's no longer sunny outside and we've entered the nine month season of rain for Oregon, um, you know, less opportunity to be doing shenanigans outside means more time to be doing shenanigans inside on stream for people like you. Um, (laughs) so I do have a Twitch, YouTube, 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you're on, you can find me and keep up with me that way. Um, and oh, something that's kind of totally random and not magic related. Sure. Um, I am working on building my own proton pack from Ghostbusters for from scratch for the oh, 35th awesome. anniversary. Um, so if people are liking my making of that proton pack, I am thinking about producing a pattern for that. And I'm also thinking, uh, I'm also planning on streaming all of that work on the proton pack so that it's start to finish on video is kind of like my project to really kickstart awesome. me into streaming now that I have more time. That's so. awesome. Are you going to try to make it light up and all that or? Oh yeah, I've already got, um, so I've already got lights. And when I was on a panel at Rose City Comic Con, I already showed off the beginning making of it. Okay. Um, so the lights that I have in Kalia's staff, oh, I actually have it right here. Um, there's actually lights inside these three, behind these three rhinestones. Okay. Um, I have the same little tea lights that I've already put in for the, at least the bottom part that flashes red. Um, and I'll have lights on the hose too. So, oh, um, like awesome. the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, no, I just want to thank you, uh, again for coming on. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and just check cosplay and especially musicals. Um, oh, yeah, yes. it's, uh, I'm definitely excited. You're gonna have to let me know what you think of cats when it comes out. Um, yes. and, um, Thank you so much for reaching out to me to have me on your podcast. It's been really great, um, not only just chatting, but getting to know you better. And I feel like we have a lot in common, which is not just, you know, names that start with Z. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> but really awesome. Thank you so much for being so fabulous. Oh, no, thank you. And have a great night, all right? Okay, you too. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Hope you all really enjoyed uh, listening to me and Zanae talk. And she's just a really cool, fabulous person. And hope you enjoyed the interview. It was great talking to her, great talking, getting to know her and just really getting the down into the nitty gritty of cosplaying and, you know, what it sort of takes to be be a cosplayer and make your own costumes. I really enjoyed that part. So, uh, like I said, you can find her links below in the show notes. And you can also find Magic Wazubi on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and also Spotify now, and on YouTube as well. Just search Magic Wazubi on YouTube. And uh, you can reach me at facebook.com slash magicwazubi on Facebook or no, I already said that facebook.com slash magic on Twitter at magic on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that about does it. Um, have a great night, everybody. All right. Thank you again for listening.